Thank you. Well, good morning. It wasn't me meant to um, be speaking this morning, but Malk got um, affected with the lurgy that's going around church at present, I think. Hence people's masks on their faces and stuff. Just to let you know, I've tested several times this week and I'm still negative. So thank you, Jesus. So woohoo! Uh, <laughs> it's a slog, isn't it, sometimes? Um, isn't it wonderful? When we gather this morning, you know, we haven't conferred, we haven't consulted, but the Holy Spirit knows what's going on today. So, Tanya, thank you for taking our first point of the talk this morning. <laughs> woo 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 And the scripture, um, because that's what we're going to speak, be speaking on this morning, the Holy Spirit. Ka-ching! So, you know what? When God starts speaking like that through Tanya, who has not spoken to Malcolm and me all week because she's been in France on holiday, you know what? God wants to say something this morning. Now, isn't that exciting? We're just not going through the motions of doing church, which is wonderful news that we, as we gather, as we come together, God's saying, actually, I've got something I want you to pay attention to. I want you to listen to this. I want to wake you up a little bit and say, I want to speak today about the role and the function of the third person of the Trinity, the wonderful Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do today. We'll give it a go. And um, Jesse's got some songs afterwards. So because we want to move into ministry, if all we ever do is talk, God help us. We've got to be able to say, look, we'll just zip it and we'll just let God come and do the stuff that he wants to do. I'm so convinced he wants to do more than we can ever ask or think. And I can ask and think big. Who can dream big here today? Come on. Somebody once said this as a throwaway point. The reason why a lot of people don't get a million quid is they don't know how to spend it. Well, I do. <laughs> so I, I didn't go anywhere near the Grand National. I've just got to be honest. Don't even know who won yesterday, by the way, because we were so busy. But the fact is, if I was given a million quid, I could spend a million quid. I could. I know where I want to seed it. I know what I want to do with it. And if he wants to give me more than a million, thank you, Jesus. Yes, please. Because I, I think there's so much that we could do with money. I know some people in this room knows if I was given a million pounds, I know where I would put it. And sometimes we, we don't get because we don't ask. I don't know why I've just thought about the million pounds, but maybe, who knows. But there we go. But the fact is, is that we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Um, it's interesting. If you want sort of more thorough conversations on the Holy Spirit, because we can only just dip in to a little bit today. If you could talk about the Holy Spirit for weeks, to be honest. We can't talk about the gifts today. We can't talk about the fruits today. We can't talk about so much. But what we, I just want to concentrate on some of the, the, the core things of the Holy Spirit. And he's the third part of the Trinity. Why do we want to think about the Holy Spirit so much? Well, because Jesus said to his disciples just after he'd been resurrected, he said, I'm not staying. I'm going. And when I'm going, the Father is going to send you somebody else to come to you, a comforter. He's going to send you somebody else who's going to lead you into all truth. So it's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible, as much as we love the Word of God. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because it's this that empowers us, that fills us up, that gives us the unction to function. And if you're from the, up north, I heard you preaching that once, the unction to function. And I couldn't get out of that word. See, I've still remembered it. 20 years on later, I remember the phrase, unction to function. But that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He will lead you into all truth. So let's have a look at these scriptures. Thank you very much, Tanya. Look, she read this earlier. Is that not right? There we go. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. 
When you believed, which the majority of here today of us have believed, how did we come to that belief? Because it was the Holy Spirit that led us to him, because that's his job. It's to glorify the Father and the Son. I don't particularly like it when we worship the Holy Spirit, because I think his function is to reflect the glory of God. So what we're doing here is saying, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, just as Tanya said, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance. That's funny, talking about million pounds, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And here it is, a seal and a legal document, witnessed by people who sealed it. Malcolm started this talk. I'm just picking up what he started. And I think he said it takes seven people to seal an old document, seven people to witness an old document. That's a lot, isn't it? But that's what we were. When we came to know Jesus, he stamped us. He said, guess what? You belong to me, you're mine. But actually, that's just the beginning. That's being sealed with the Holy Spirit. So let's have a look at the next point where we were going to go. Then he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. They are different. Being filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-off experience. Oh, yes, I remember that many years ago. That came. He says, no, you've got to continue being, being filled. We're going to look at Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. Oh, I was going to do that and get my Bible out and have a look at this because I just love the description of what happened when they came together. The scaredy disciples that were hiding, uh, but gathered together because Jesus told them to do so, to wait, and then something happened. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest in each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. One or two, no. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Great. Can I have the next slide, please? Yes, not a one-off experience. Acts 2. I've got my glasses on. I should be able to read that back, actually, rather than looking backwards. Here we are. Not a one-off experience. Acts 4, verses 23 to 31. Peter and John, they started to talk about Jesus. They'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, and off they babbled. They couldn't shut up. They were telling people these amazing things that God was doing, and boy, were they getting on some people's nerves. So the religious leaders thought, gosh, we've got to start. We've got to try and tell them, look, all right, you said it once. Come in here. Be quiet, because if you say it anymore, we're going to give you a jolly good thumping, okay? So that's what they threatened them with. And so they said, well, how can we, you know, because we've had a revelation of what God has done. So on their release, after being told, if you say one more thing, you're going to be back in here and you are going to really have it. Now, maybe that would scare me if somebody said to me, just to let you know, I've given you a pass. But if I hear you talk one more time about this thing, you're really going to. Hit, you know, you're going to feel the punishment of what, you know, I'm thinking, oh, maybe I, I won't do it. Maybe I'll try and, 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 and just be a bit more subservient to what they say and, and just could tower a little bit. But no, Peter and John went back to their own people. They reported of all the chief priests and the elders that said to them, all the threats, all the, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And what was their response? <gasps> they all hid away in the corner, terrified forever, and never said another word. No, they didn't. They said, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And you read that prayer, it's fantastic. 
after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word boldly. So far from it, it didn't put them off. It actually gave them more kind of, ah, uh, to go further and to go deeper into what God gave them. And one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is boldness. Boldness. And sometimes if you don't feel very bold, ask God for it to make you more bold in sharing Jesus with other people. Let's look at three things. Power. Uh, can we go next? Here we are. Power. Characteristics of the Holy Spirit. There's loads, but this is just a few. And they began with P. And there's three of them, so, you know. Um, power. Supernatural power. And this is what sometimes worries people. If you want to do some more understanding of who the Holy Spirit is today, I'd recommend you go on the Alpha course. Because the Alpha does some really good talks on the Holy Spirit. Very good. And gives you a chance to understand and discuss and ask questions more than we can do today. There is an Alpha course coming up fairly soon, isn't there? I see a few nods. Yep. So if that Alpha course interests you, you'd like to go on it. Part Halfway through the, the course or somewhere in the course, they do the Holy Spirit. I highly recommend it. It's great to go on that and have that discussion and that fresh encounter again with Jesus. And so I recommend you do that because it's great. You can look at the scriptures and you can have further conversations. But one of the things God does is he comes in supernatural power. We're naturally supernatural when we came to know Jesus because we're now plugged into him. We're, we're delving into him. He's in us. We're in him. Not us, not anything we can do, but it is God through us. And that is without limits. That's why when Jesus was alive and he told his disciples, go and do likewise. And by the way, he means us. If he came here today, he'd be going, right, off you go. Do what I've done. Raise the dead. <laughs> Heal the sick. Cast out demons. You know, just a few things along the way. I don't know when you last raised the dead. Well, to be honest, I haven't. I've definitely prayed for people and seen God break in miraculously. I've definitely seen some people being delivered from things that were holding them down. And the Holy Spirit is used to pull down strongholds. This is where we do our fighting. This is where we do our battles. Because we are in a battle. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be able to stand, stand firm, because it says that in Ephesians, with the arm of God and counteract the enemy's attacks. So he gives us power. That's dunamis, isn't it? Yeah, Greek. Yeah. Anyway, and now his presence. I love his presence. And the more I encounter his presence, the more I want. It just makes me more and more hungry for him. And sometimes when I encounter his presence, it doesn't always have to be in a meeting. I can encounter his presence sometimes on a beautiful sunset or a moment just looking at the skies and just be filled with wonder in his presence but more often than not I encounter his presence here when we worship together and when we pray and he's here this morning and it's wonderful to know that his presence is with us right through scripture from the beginning to the end it says Moses says I don't want to go anywhere if your presence doesn't go with me and he led them by fire and by cloud. You take that right through the scriptures. The, the, 
the disciples didn't want Jesus to leave them. They wanted his physical presence there, that reassuring presence. But he says, no, I'm going, but I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. His is going to be the presence that you're now going to feel from now on until I come again. So we have that at this point in time. His presence sometimes can be like that violent wind. It can get noisy. It can get intense. It can get powerful. And sometimes when you're prayed for, you suddenly feel, oh, I feel quite warm. or I feel something's coming over me like a peace of God or a fire of God in me, which has nothing to do with the person praying for you. It's got everything to do with God showing you he is the almighty. He is the God without limits. He is the all-powerful, all-knowing God that can do this for us. And sometimes there's a weight of his presence where you think nobody say a word because he's here. And you're, you're on your knees or even flat out because that's so biblical to be prostrate before him in his presence. People get so excited about being invited to the coronation or to something very magnificent or meeting their famous pop star, being in the same room as that person. You know, we should be 10 times more excited about being in the presence of God and, his, and in his company. The fact he even wants to be with us. <laughs> does God work because of us or does God work in spite of us? I don't know. But I'd like it sometimes to be because of us. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. There is an incredible peace. And his presence can come in our prayers, in our worship. Sometimes people don't quite get why we worship the way we do, but we, we do it because we believe this is a Holy Spirit-filled, you know, God-ordained way of worshiping him. God does have ways he likes to be worshipped and praised. And the scriptures are full of different things that we can use and do to worship our God and to seek him in his presence. It's not just singing songs, because if it is just like turning up to church, we are the most hopeless of people. It's not that. You need the Holy Spirit's filling for you to have a fresh encounter with who Jesus is when it comes to worship. You need sometimes a revelation, yet again, a fresh, Lord, show me, fill me. Again, let me be like a kid in a room, excited to be in your presence. And I can't wait to be in your presence. I want to be in your presence, pursuing him. And then purity. He's the Holy Spirit. He comes to cleanse, to transform, to break habits. He can do that. He can do that. And you need his Holy Spirit to help you. Because sometimes you think, I am so tired of this. I'm going round and round in circles. Why can't I let this thing go? Well, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. It's like a thorn. Pull it out. Like a giant. Kill it. You can't do that. But the Holy Spirit can. He can do it. You say, Lord, I give you permission to deal with these giants and these thorns in my life because I want to become more like you and I need your Holy Spirit to purify me, to change me, and to bring me freedom. Galatians 5, verse 16 to 26. Can anybody else find Galatians 5, 
verses 16 to 26. It's a bit like Sunday school. The first person to find that scripture, stand up and read it where you are. I'll give you a chocolate. Go on, Polly. Thank you, Polly. Hang on one second because of the recording. There's a lovely Polly. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But you are led by the Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Okay, so basically it's saying, you know, we need to be filled with the Spirit and let go of all the stuff that so easily clings to us. That's what the, the disciples and the apostles wrote. They said, you know, this stuff, it sticks to you. And if you don't want it to stick to you, ask for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you and give you the power to walk away from the stuff that so tightly clings to you. Say, like, shake it off. And say, no, I want to be free in my spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me. How do you know if you're filled with the Spirit? Let's have a quick check. Well, a few things, I think. Prayer life, worship life, and witness. Your prayer life does become more dynamic when you're asking Jesus to fill you with his Holy Spirit. The scriptures often um, relate to speaking in tongues. I tell you what. When I lived in Greece, every, every so often I'd say to Jesus, just let me wake up and be able to speak Greek. It would be so much easier if I could learn that way. I'll just stand on the street corner and have a go. But actually, you know, I had to learn to speak Greek. But you don't learn to speak a heavenly language. God gives it you. And I tell you, I wish everyone could pray and speak in tongues because it is so powerful. It helps you in your praise. It frees you in your worship to God. And it gives you this... Um, bypass of what you think you're going to pray. So Romans 8, 26, 27. Let's just go to there because that's very important for us to read the scripture. Romans 8, 26 to 27. Okay, it says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. First, we don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will I don't know any other quicker way and you know anybody who knew my mum must have known that my mum knew this as a revelation that sometimes you just didn't speak and in your own language you had to pray in tongues because as you pray in tongues you're not praying your will you're praying with a compassion in your heart over a situation, but you're, you're, you're leaving that up to God. You're not dictating what's going to happen in the situation. You're saying, I'm just going to pray in tongues. And as you pray in tongues, you're praying the will of God into that situation, into that person, into that whatever's going on. And sometimes that's why God empowers you. He says, come on, let me fill you again. Let me give you this prayer language, this heavenly language. And so we say, okay, Father, and it's the one thing I think most people feel a little bit fearful of. They're worried, they're scared, they're frightened. Maybe I'll accidentally speak in tongues in Sainsbury's. No, you won't. Because you, you've got control over it. He's, you know, this is your mouth, this is your tongue. He's not going to do it. And some of you have bad experiences in the past. I understand that. I'm sorry. If some crazy person once went, you know, oh, don't run up to me. 
But at the end of the day, what I do feel is we, we're, we're mature believers. A lot of us in this room are mature believers. We, we need to be able to say, I trust you, Jesus. You will only give me a good gift when I ask for it. It says that in Matthew. Jesus says, what kind of a father, if you say, give me something, would give him a snake or a stone? God doesn't do that. But the enemy would want you to think like that. So it's like a bit of a paradigm shift in your head. Nope, I'm going to believe that God gives me, what did we sing today? Good things. Good things. You're sealed. It's an inheritance, a promise of Sunday to come. Okay, hey, happy birthday. Have a gift. Thank you very much. What are you going to do with that gift? Take it home, put it on the mantelpiece, nicely wrapped up. I love the bow. No, you're not. You're going to open it. You're going to see what's inside. And hopefully it's something that you really wanted and needed and be of use. But that's the Holy Spirit being filling you. You've been sealed, no doubt about it. Being, being filled. Ah, Lord, I'm, I'm after that moment. I'm after that, that time where I really know this is a gift and I'm asking for it. So I believe your prayer life really gets dynamic when you begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Your worship life becomes deeper. I mean, the Psalms and all through Scripture, talking and describing, and I just feel the Holy Spirit was on those people when they wrote those things to help us worship him. And your witness becomes bolder. I hope we don't have to wait to Christmas and Easter before we get the team back out onto the estate one Sunday morning. I loved it when we got 10 of you out here on that Sunday, prayed for you and said, off you go. Come on. We have such wonderful news to share, but sometimes you need that filling first. Do you get me? Maybe for that boldness. You know, before you go, let's just pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be led to the right people, to the right addresses, to the right gardens, to the right homes, where you will find somebody that's prepared. Their hearts are prepared and they're ready to listen and they're ready to accept Jesus. Your witness becomes stronger. I believe when God fills you with his Holy Spirit, good news is infectious. Isn't it? I bet you if you did win a William Pound, you'd never be able to keep it a secret. <laughs> you'd be going, <sighs> you know, like, come on. And you've got so much more than that in you. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory is in you. How can we stay silent? Okay, so I believe he empowers us to become better at telling the good news. Joel 2, verse 28 to 32. Malk said this the last couple of Sundays running. We've had it in Sunday evenings. We've had it in Sunday mornings. About the Spirit coming on all flesh. Your young people will prophesy. Now, when you read that, you think, really? I mean, are we anywhere near that right now? I grew up in a youth group where exactly that happened. And I thought that was normal. I thought my youth group was normal where we loved Jesus, we were passionate, we led our friends to Jesus at school, they came to our church, all sorts of crazy things happened. I thought that was how it was. I think that's how it should be. <laughs> and wouldn't it be lovely if in this church we have a handful of young people that just have a revelation of who God is, he grieves on them, and, and we will be led by them. They will be our forerunners and we'll be going, wow. Who knew? I want to dream that dream. I want to pray those prayers. Anybody else with me on that one? Come on. Why can't we see that happen more? So then maybe in a year's time, we will have a young person in the prayer time 
giving a word. I feel God saying this. We've got to see it generationally trickling on down and coming on through. Your young people will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and all the rest, you know. But let's just trust God for our young people. That In all that God is doing, he's not just going to do it with a particular age group. He's sweeping us all along in this moment of what he plans to do and he purposes to do. And he must be purposing something because he's already speaking. And we need God's presence because we're changed by it. He breaks chains. He brings freedom. Whatever it is today, as I've spoken, something would have just landed for you. You're thinking, yeah, that's me. And I've asked Jesse and team to come back. And we're just going to sing a couple of worship songs now. We want to linger in his presence. We want to be able to say, okay, God, first of all, maybe I'm sorry if I've come too prescriptive of what I was going to let you do and what I wasn't going to let you do. I want you to come again and feel me afresh. So we're going to sing a song together, then I'll come back in as we do this, and, um, and we'll pray together in a minute. But just let me lead you in a prayer first of just chatting to God, opening up the channels a bit, and asking him to come and speak to us. Amen. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you didn't leave us here abandoned. When you went to heaven, you sent us your Holy Spirit. And Lord, thousands of years on, when we consider the role in the work of the Holy Spirit is until only you come again. But Lord, we are in that moment. We're in that middle bit of you not coming back yet. But Lord, desperately needing help. Help in our walk with you. Help in our worship of you. Help in our prayer life with you. Help in our witness of you. And if, Lord, we've said things, yes, you can do this, but we don't want that, would you forgive us? We're sorry. We just want to let go and let you be God. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing.